Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guests and I hope to provide insight and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the Hilariously Unemployed podcast and those who are impacted by unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review, sharing it with someone who's hiring, or someone who's hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter throughout. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Hilariously Unemployed podcast. I am your host and favorite opportunity seeker, Speak Up Dana, aka the big speaker. And I am excited to be here with you all on this post Thanksgiving Friday to have a family edition of the show. But before we get into that, let me just tell you some big speaker things. So last week we did not have an episode because I was traveling. I was in San Diego with the National Apartment of uh, with the National Apartment Association for the Assembly of Delegates. And we had meetings, board meetings, committee meetings. I also graduated their leadership lyceum program last week. So that is why we did not have an episode because I was actually in flight on my way back to Virginia, the time that we typically record our show on Fridays. I'm so excited to be back though. And I mean, what better way to come back than with one of my favorite hilarious. So for today's episode, like I said, it is a family edition, and I am welcoming back one of our top hilarious. Ever since she's been on the show and found out about the Hilariously Unemployed, she has been a true supporter of our mission and what what it is we do here. She's introduced me to guests, not just the guests that you see with us here today, but multiple guests to help me with the show. She's sent over resources, and of course, whenever we get together... Either that's Zoom or in person last week, if you saw our video, it is a grand time. So we'll be welcoming Stephanie Ayler back to the show, who is a champion, Hilary. But that's not all, y'all. We are also welcoming her cousin. I told you in the description of this episode that unfortunately, unemployment does run in this family, y'all. So we are welcoming her cousin, Sarah Boggs who has 16 years of experience in IT and project management, which is funny because we couldn't figure out how to get Sarah live on the podcast through the LinkedIn Live audio. (laughs) We needed IT for IT. So Sarah has navigated the corporate world and faced an unexpected layoff. She's juggled some unique challenges. We're going to unpack that all in this episode. Ladies, welcome to the show and say hello to the hilarious in the audience. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. Stephanie's singing everything already today. And Sarah's like, hi. (laughs) This is like us growing up at the family parties. (laughs) Mm, I was trying to give up main character energy since I was born. Right, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) So you've always been this extra. Wow. Great. Now you know. (laughs) I love that for you. All right, Sarah. So let's go ahead and kick it off with you uh, before we join in with Stephanie. Sarah, can you tell me and my audience how long you have been hilariously unemployed? Sure. Um, Thanks for the introduction and inviting me on. I think this is is great. Um, So I've been unemployed. This is my third time, I think. Um, And I've been unemployed for about five 
to six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I was part of a layoff, um, last October. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, um, the third time is a little bit less, like, you know, you know, the, you know, how it, how it goes, the Rigman rule, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it always, it always stings a little bit, obviously, but yeah, so I'm, um, third time again, I guess in IT, it's not terribly unusual to have kind of layoffs, especially the last few years with um, kind of the big, I think they hired a lot. They were trying to hire quite a bit after COVID and they were scrambling for workers. And now I think they, they some companies have reached a point where they're like, okay, we hired too many people. Now we kind of have to <laughs> figure out, you know, what it looks like post COVID world, but yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they've kind of hit a plateau. They they wanted all hands on deck post-COVID. And now it's like, hey, we have too many hands on deck. But let's go back a bit, Sarah. Tell me how you started your career. Um, I know you shared that you have some background in marketing. And then let's get into the story of your first layoff, because I know the emotions from that time and the emotions from this current time have to be a lot different. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did I get into project management? So I started off my career um, in marketing. I was actually doing like um, product marketing. So I worked for a company in Virginia that did marketing um, for the government. Mm-hmm. So I, like my primary account was HP. So I would like market to our sales team and give them all kinds of information about HP products and, you know, kind of cheat sheets and kind of the best way to sell. And then I um, I moved from Virginia to Texas, where I live now, mm-hmm. and I started to work for the same company as my mother did. And I came on board as you know kind of a contractor for marketing. But then they ended up really needing people in their their professional services mm-hmm. team, which is essentially like um, a team that onboards clients onto their platform or software platform. Okay. Um, and then once I once I did that and I had that on my resume, I kind of never went back because once you have IT, um, that's kind of how you're branded for the majority of your career. Or at least that's, that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I got into project management. And um, my first layoff was, what year was it? It was like 2012. Mm-hmm. And it had been for a small company that I was working for um, in Seattle. I was part of their kind of their satellite office. And I was called in on a Friday and I, I kind of knew it was because we were all remote and it was very weird to be called into the office. So I knew it was kind of going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that first time I was, you know, I was shocked, but I was more, I think I was more angry. <laughs> sure. You put it, you know, you put in so much time and, and work and effort and it's like, okay, well, okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think the first time it's, it's start, it's, it's more startling. It's, um, you know, maybe you have some initial feelings of like glee because you don't have to work with the company anymore or something like that. But it, for me, it was a lot of um, just anger, I guess, yeah. that I had put in so much time and work, and then it was, then it was nothing. Um, the more recent, the more recent time, I did not suspect that I was going to be laid off because I had just been given like a brand new project like a week before. Wow. Um, yeah. So I guess they like we had. We, my, my current or my most recent company had merged with another company. So mm-hmm. any kind of time that you have kind of a takeover, you never kind of know what's going to, what's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for this most recent time, it, for me, it was unexpected, but um, luckily I'd been through it before. So I knew kind of, you know, I knew how to apply for unemployment. Um, you know, I, I knew to save, you know, money, you know, for times like this. So I think it was, it was still hard, but 
having gone through it before and having, you know, family members that had gone through it before, um, I, I was a little bit more equipped with it this time. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I like the pulse on the um, topic of anger because a lot of times we want to be, you know, poised professionals. And um, I think even for myself and some of my guests, I don't think we've used the word anger, but honestly, there is <laughs> anger. There is frustration. There is a feeling of it's personal, although we know it's not personal. I know I was very angry because I loved what it is that I was doing and I love the team and I love the company. So I just appreciate your transparency and talking through your emotions about the first time. And then now that you're unfortunately a veteran in this, <laughs> did you have any <laughs> anger this last time or were you just like, Hey, this is what's going on. We got to roll with it. Um, I think I just do to be healthier about it. I just, um, you know, I let myself have a, a few days to kind of like grieve it. Mm -hmm. um, and I just knew to give myself time. Whereas before I was, you know, I'm saying anger, but I think I was like, for me, it was like probably irritation mm -hmm. <laughs> or something like that. But I think I just knew that like, it's um, when something like this happens to you, it, it's just something like you, it's a process you have to go through and you can't rush it. You have to give yourself time mm -hmm. um, to kind of grieve the loss, think it through, get over it, and then kind of set your, like set up a plan you know, almost like a project plan to yeah. kind of get yourself going again. And I think just having, you know, the realization that you're going to have all these different emotions, mm -hmm. it's like um, kind of going through a divorce or something like that. Yeah. Um, letting yourself process it and react and, you know, knowing that, you know, you're going to find something eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and just recognizing that it's a process and is it frustrating? Oh my gosh, it's frustrating. Oh, but for um, sure, for sure. Yeah. Sarah, yeah, just, so you said another word that I'd like to talk a little bit about, and um, we're going to bring Stephanie in on this conversation as well. So you said grief, and it definitely is a grieving process because this has become your your day-to-day -day routine. And then you said, you know, it's, it's kind of like a divorce. Well, for me, I got divorced and laid off in the same month. I'm a winner, winner. No, I'm not. I'm a loser, loser. So, I'm hilariously unemployed, hilariously single, but I'm no longer grieving either of those, you know, times in my life. I feel that I've gotten past that sadness, that anger, that initial, you know, impact and grief. And I've transitioned it into support and help and resources for other people. So I'm I'm thankful for the time where I didn't feel great because it allowed me to come up with this idea and support other people so they didn't feel the way that I felt. Stephanie, would love to bring you in and talk about if you're mad, sad, grieving, or if you've gotten over it. Let my audience know if you're still hilariously unemployed. <laughs> oh my goodness. there's that, That's a lot of questions that you just had there, Dana. I but, you can handle so, them all. You're so, a pro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to tackle them one at a time. So first, I think I think what Sarah said was fair. Being in the grieving process, whether it is the loss of a job or a divorce, you're grieving what you thought was going to be, right? Yeah. You're grieving where you thought you would be in your life at that moment in time. And, and it's totally fair and definitely necessary to feel through those feelings. I am a master compartmentalizer. <laughs> I'm not real proud of it, but it is what I do. And so I've had to 
in, with intention, unpack my feelings about different things and so that I can feel through them and not suppress those. those. So mm-hmm. uh, Sarah's a lot has, she, she must have gotten the emotional intelligence part of our family genes. <laughs> <laughs> she learned that way faster than I did. But I also want to bring up something that uh, that Sarah mentioned her mom, and she had worked with her mom's company. Her mom is my Aunt Pat, and I actually had uh, a note to make sure to mention that she's always been my career inspiration, and, I, and I'm and i sure for Sarah and her, her sisters and brother, sister and brothers as well, and a lot of our other cousins, which I thought maybe one of them would join, but um, she's, you know, a mom of four, and she is a boss, and she always has been, like, mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. And I actually remember her going through layoffs in her career, you know, the 80s and 90s. And I remember thinking, if someone is brilliant, dynamic, and capable as my Aunt Pat, if she could be laid off, like, it could literally happen to anyone because it's clearly not a reflection on the person. And I do believe that that helped me in over the years, with especially with that first layoff that I experienced uh, you know, 15 years ago or so, I can remember saying to the gentleman who was doing the laying off, mm-hmm. uh, he was on the phone and then my boss and I were in person. And he, and I said, you know, it's, this has happened to better than me. Mm. And, and he's like, wow. He goes, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone take it so well. Wow. And I thought, <laughs> I'm like, but it's true. I mean, it has. And, and so, yes, I grieved. I was scared. My, I think I told you on my, my last episode, my, at that layoff, uh, my team was really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, they were crying. It was, mm-hmm. it was a pretty emotional time. Um, and then, you know, like Sarah said, after a couple of these <laughs> over the years, yeah. you sort of know what to do with yourself and, and you figure it out a little bit faster. Not that there's still not a grieving process because there is. So for sure, for sure on that one. All right. And what else did you ask me? I just babbled. Girl, do you have a job or not? <laughs> okay. So here is the deal. I'm really excited to talk about the fact that Savvy Leasing, which is my sales training consulting company, I am rebranding mm-hmm. to Savvy Leading. Ooh. And I, I know. So SavvyLeading.com and uh, will be my new deal. And I am going to bring fractional learning and development and employee experience services Mm -hmm. to our industry. Mm -hmm. Basically, here's the deal. You get the whole Stephanie (laughs) for a fraction of the time at a fraction of the cost. And you're protecting your employee experience with, you know, expert learning and development training and all that companies can't bring on, unfortunately, you know, a whole person, yeah. uh, the payroll, the costs, right? The burden, all that is, is too much to bring on. And so I'm going to start being a fractional LND and you basically get Stephanie as your, you know, trainer, learning and development and, um, you know, the whole me, the whole package just for a fraction of the time and a fraction of the cost. So it's like, you know, they have their main chick who's in HR and then they have their side chick, which would be you, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Can I put it that way on the website, y'all? Absolutely. Get your side chick. Get your side chick on, okay? (laughs) I think, um, you know, there's there's ways to spin that. I I could... (laughs) 
we could do a little play on that. But yeah, so that's that's my situation. I mean, I've been through a ton of interviews, a ton of great discussions. Um, I've probably been a little picky and, and maybe, you know, I wasn't the right person for a lot of the opportunities too. So mm-hmm. it kind of went a little bit both ways. Mm-hmm. And I just, after working with my career um, coach, because any coach should also have a coach. And I think I've heard you say that, Dana, and mm-hmm. I fully endorse that. I, you know, I know what I want to do. I know where I want to be. I know who I want to work with. Um, and, and I think this is the right step. I will asterisk it by saying, you never know. Things are all be the fact is we're, we're, I've said it before and I'll say it again, we're more than one thing. And I could fluidly change this, um, in a month or two, if I make, if I make a change. So, um, but that's what I'm going to do right now. And I'm really excited about it. So stay tuned for the rebrand to Savvy Leading. Hey, look at that, y'all. We got a Hilary from several episodes ago that has opportunities abundant because she's doing her own thing. I love that for you, Stephanie. I'm so excited for you. I love the rebrand. I love that you changed it to lead. I love that you'll be the HR side chick, the learning and development side chick, the, you know, mistress of learning. And <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and before we pop back to Sarah, I did want to throw out to the listeners. Um, if you are still hilariously unemployed or if you become hilariously unemployed, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, anything can happen at any point in time. Right. Um, there, I just saw on it's rezi.ai, rezi.ai. They're doing a free resume help. Uh, and it's an AI interview and all these different cool things on Resi.ai. You can get a lifetime subscription for free. It's like a little Black Friday deal the CEO is giving. Mm. So I posted it on my LinkedIn and several other people did what the code is. But if you're looking for some help, I, I checked it out before I came on today because I was like, oh, before I you know tell somebody about this, yeah. I want to make sure that it's legit. And it's pretty cool. So like I popped my resume in and it gave me some options for different things I could do with AI. Mm. And then I love this AI interview option. That's way slicker than trying to use chat GPT because it's designed to have you dump the job description and things like that in. Yeah. And it'll actually like pretend it's interviewing you um, questions and you can do your responses and, and you can just practice and make sure that you're, you know, ready and completely prepared for those um, important interviews. That's an amazing resource. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is resi.ai for all those hilarious out there. Um, And if you're not a hilarious, sometimes you just need to brush up that resume. And also Mm -hmm. if you're a person, so we've had people on the show that support others in creating their resume. This is an amazing tool. I'm going to go ahead and sign up for it. Although things look like they're going to stay in the land of speak up Dana for me because I've had so many opportunities and none of them have been a full-time employment with healthcare benefits um, and a company car. But that's fine. <laughs> well, you know, we can keep dreaming. You can buy your you buy your own car and you say it's your company car. There you go. Oh, well, make, sure you, you know. make sure you've opened your LLC, Dana. Well, yeah, uh, that is the, established. The, <laughs> the free code is thanks Resi. So T-H-A-N-K-S-R-E-Z-I for the free lifetime access. And you didn't have to put a card or anything in. So okay. um yes. We're doing that today. Go ahead and get that. Unfortunately, this episode will be out tomorrow. So 
um, on podcast platforms. So hopefully that deal is still going on. But either way, that is an amazing resource. And I want to thank you so much for sharing that. So let's pop back over to you, Sarah. Can you share with me what your job search has looked like? Because I, I don't work in the landscape of IT, nor does Stephanie. What are some of the unique challenges that you're seeing as you navigate the job market? That's, that's a great question. Um, so, so one of the things I was going to say, like, like why Stephanie was talking about the free free job help, is that one of the things that I've done, I was just thinking of this, is that I always keep my resume up to date, even if I'm employed. Because that's such a great like thing to have ready. And I think that's a great, just a great piece that I, have, I was going to say. But landscape for IT. So a lot of the positions that I've been seeing and something that I've, I think is different than maybe like six years ago when I was looking is that a lot of the the jobs are contract to hire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's specific to IT or um, just what's kind of on the market now, but that's that's what I've come across. And a lot of the positions that I've been interviewing for, um, like seven or eight interviews. <laughs> wow. And, you know, seven or eight interviews with like panel interviews. And it's, it's interesting because I, you know, you can kind of foresee that maybe for an executive level, but um, it's a lot of interviewing for a project manager, or it's a lot more than it used to be. Mm-hmm. It sounds like those are some of the that sounds newer. completely exhausting to be in that many interviews with that many people. How are you handling that? And do you feel any burnout or fatigue from going through multiple rounds of interviews? Um, you know, I, I think maybe I had I felt fatigue like a long time ago, but now that I've been doing it for so long, I kind of, um, I think I'm a better interviewer. Like I know, you know, the interview, the elevator speech, mm-hmm. I know how to ask questions. I know when they ask me certain questions or if they allude to something, kind of what kind of environment it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's more of, um, you know, it, it's it's exhausting, but I I took the time to prepare and I, you know, I went through my questions. So the that part wasn't as bad as it maybe I wasn't as nervous as I would have been like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but definitely having like having a plan in place, I think helped me. And I, that just goes, I think that just happens with time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're a lot more experienced 10 years into your career than you were when you first started. Right. So. Absolutely. I want to go back to something that you said in your first statement about having your resume updated. Y'all I'm trash. My resume was, I did not update that thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's such a headache when you get into the space. Actually, my therapist was like, Hey, dedicate this deadline to working on your resume. And I was like, girl, that feels flexible. I'm not going to do it. Um, I did, however, work on it with the help of chat GPT and I've been using it, but that is great advice to like, even when you're in a role, constantly be updating it with your accolades, with the things that you achieve, with the, uh, new things that are a part of your role, any new, obligations that you have, any leadership opportunities, like continue to update that. It should really be a living document. Now, I don't take my own advice, but I want y'all to. Okay, Sarah. So uh, we also connected on the fact that you are a single mom. I would like to talk to you about the impact of layoffs or not really having that substantial job security that we all like we all want to feel like we're going to be employed and make a million dollars per year for the rest of our lives but can you talk to me a little bit about how being a single parent has kind of influenced some of your career choices and how you're navigating it because I know you were like I'm getting back to work ASAP 
I know that's a great question. So I think um, it's been, I, I got divorced pretty like, when was it, Stephanie? Like 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been divorced since my, like since I have two two teenagers and essentially since my son was a baby and my, my daughter was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always definitely felt a pressure as like the primary breadwinner for my mm-hmm. family. So I think I've always felt like a little bit, um, there's always been that stress of having the money and, you know, with healthcare and all of that. Yeah. I, th- I think what, you know, what I've done to kind of manage my stress and, um, you know, get through things over the years is like having things like a plan in place, like recognizing what it's going to, like what's going to happen when you get laid off, mm-hmm. um, having my resume updated. Like I just don't have, um, having those things available and ready, like ultimately like would reduce my stress and I can kind of pick myself up more quickly. Yeah. Um, but, but I want why, like, I think, um, there have been chances in my career that I could have traveled for a living or I could have get, got promoted, but I, I decided not to, to do those because my children were young and I can kind of like, I wanted to go to their, their activities and I wanted to be available to them. So I yeah. think, you know, some of the jobs I've chosen, you know, are allowing me to be, you know, more available as like the primary parent. So yeah. I think that's definitely influenced it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, being prepared, having a plan, and then, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you're not necessarily in the role that you saw yourself in or you wanted to advance, but sometimes you have to kind of consider your, you know, your your personal obligations or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you definitely have to decide um, how you're going to move because you have to consider these other, these other folks that are in your life. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about you sharing the news with them? Because my kids... They're like, I keep telling them I don't have a job. They keep asking for more things and they keep saying that I'm always working. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like they, like my kids would ask me, I'm not even sure I should have told them, but they would ask me every day after school if, if I had gotten a job already. Oh, <laughs> and then like, I, I don't know if I told you, but I, I found, a, found a contract of rule for now. And my son, as soon as I told my son that he's like, well, can I buy this video game now? There was no like congratulations. It was like, okay, well, we're fine. Now I want to do this. Like I want this video game. Yeah, <laughs> they do not care. I have the Christmas list. The PS5 is on there. Um, but thankfully and gratefully, I'm in a, a good space. And um, the support of their father is definitely one that, you know, make sure that our, our lifestyle is still the same. So they, they're they well taken care of. But I tried to explain to them like, no, I don't have a job. Technically, I do work. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have an employer. And they're like, well, we didn't know what you did at your last job, but we know you have a podcast now. Um, and can we have a hoodie? And I'm like, no, you have to pay for it. So okay. <laughs> that's it's, great. Everything you said, I don't care. I just want this video game or I want yeah, this hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a boy mom. They're uh, 15. They'll be 16 in March. And they could care less about anything that's going on. <laughs> it is just like their world completely. And I love that for them. Okay, so I want to talk about you working in smaller startups and the risk of that and some of the roles that you found yourself in. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, 
so I've had, I worked with a mentor. Um, her name was Marsha and I really, I learned so much from her and I followed her to two different companies Mm -hmm. and they were both, um, smaller kind of startup companies that had satellite offices in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because I got to, um, the projects that I got to to work on were like, um, enterprise wide changing systems, Mm -hmm. changing the whole ERP system. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was exciting. I got to travel. I got to, um, you know, work with different people within the company and watch the company grow. But then, you know, the flip side of that is if they don't get more funding or, you know, there's, there's always that, um, that risk when you work for like a smaller company that they won't be funding in two years or three years down the road. And I've, so the benefits are you get to work on exciting things. You're you're taking risks. You, You get to work on, sometimes I got to do training or I got to do QA testing or that sort of thing. But then I found myself, unfortunately, you know, in, in one layoff and then another one where I had, you know, either had to move to Seattle or I, you know, I, I couldn't do that. So it's, yeah. it's exciting, but then it's, it's a high risk because um, you don't always know the funding or how successful they might be. So it's, it's a little bit of a conundrum. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. I came from a startup. I've had multiple guests who've been in that startup. And startups are so exciting and it's such a fun time and you get to learn so many things because you're doing multiple things because they, you know, are building. So you get to build your career, your resume, because they need all of the support. But if things get a little shaky with those funds and you run into hilariously unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, I'd like to bring you back into the conversation. Um, Sarah and I had a convo in our discovery call talking about, you know, the job jumper or being deemed as that because unfortunately things change. And then we're contractors now, Stephanie, with our own businesses, but Mm -hmm. you, you've had a lot of different roles. Like I would love to hear your insight on how you address that knowing your different interviews and conversations that you had and if it was a factor for you? So it it wasn't a factor for me in terms of like length of time that I was at different jobs. And if you're in startup world or sort of best of breed, like Sarah's talking about, you're probably going to move around a little bit more because as a company grows and you maybe like that startup environment, when they stabilize or get to a certain level, then maybe it's time for you to move on. Uh, So I think people pretty much understand that at this point. Mm -hmm. More of a challenge for me has been the diversity of all of my roles. I've, you know, I've done sales, I've done training, I've done, you know, operations and project management and uh, program management and partnerships. and, And so, you know, people's success. So there's been a little bit more of an array and and so I really do have to the transferable skill set that I've developed from each company and each role into whatever it is that I'm going for. So that one that's been a little bit I think more of a challenge for me is just how dumb diverse I am and good <laughs> I am at all these things. We're so sorry you're an overachiever, Stephanie. Wow, you've had so many jobs and a successful I career. Think- I'm feeling, I'm feeling a, a feeling a certain way on a Friday. I'm like, look, guys, I know I'm awesome at all these things, and you want to p- keep putting me in a box. Right. Well, I don't fit in a box. I've told you this, Dana. I'm flipping that box over, and that is going to be my seat at the table. 
that's a fact. You do not fit into any boxes that I've ever seen. You are definitely a different breed. You are a unicorn, as I like to say. A unicorn. I'm a unicorn. You're a unicorn. We are unicorns. That's right. (laughs) It works. That's right. And I think that now, I think post-COVID world has shown us and shown recruiters and those who are hiring, like, if somebody has a gap in their employment, you don't know what that gap could be about. If somebody left an organization or wasn't there for long, it just means that they probably chose themselves over a toxic workplace. (laughs) There is so many reasons. So you really have to have the conversation. How are you able to convey your particular skill set for the jobs that you're interviewing or going for? Are you using a cover page to be like, hey, I know I got all this great stuff on my resume, but for y'all's job, um, I can do this. This isn't that. Or how are you making sure that translates on paper? Because we know once they talk to you, they'll be bought into the idea of you supporting them in multiple ways. Yeah, that's you nailed it. And you have to somehow communicate that and you only have so many options right Mm -hmm. so with the applicant tracking systems being automated a lot of times to kind of weed out people that don't fit their particular mold you know you really do need to use like the tlhq or this resume builder this resi one Mm -hmm. or chat gpt to customize skills on your resume that mirror the job description you know be truthful, obviously, but like maybe I didn't have project management highlighted, but this particular role I was going for really wanted you to have project management. So I, you know, just highlight the right things. I have been using cover letters and I think my cover letters are really good too. (laughs) Like I'm really, I am showing my full personality and I'm, and I'm not using chat GPT for those because I, I have a sense that the, uh, you know, ChatGPT can do a pretty good job of writing in your voice, quote unquote, but it hasn't really captured mine very well. <laughs> and so I think my own voice comes through better. And then something else that I did that's, uh, I'm trying to cut through the noise. And this was a huge favor I asked of a lot of people in my network, people that have worked with me, people that have been my direct reports, mm-hmm. people that I've reported to, and colleagues and peers. I asked them to do video recommendations for me. Wow. 30 seconds to a minute. Yep. 30 seconds to a minute. I used a software called videorequest.io mm-hmm. and you basically send the link over and they can do it right on their phone. And then I combine those into recommendation reels mm-hmm. and I have them as three different recommendation reels on my link tree. And I have that at the top of my resume now and on my cover page. And basically what it says is, my resume, my cover page can tell you only so much about kind of my experience and and, and what I've done. Mm-hmm. Let these folks speak for what it's like to work with me. Wow. And yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, like I owe them so much, just my, a lot of tremendous amount of gratitude for taking time to do that. Not everybody wants to be on video for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, and so using that and doing that, I have, I have received several phone calls from people who are like, wow, that was really impressive. Like you, um, you know, that you definitely stood out. So I highly recommend, you know, coming up with ways to set yourself apart. So when the human does touch the cover letter or the resume or whatever it might be, um, they see a little bit of who you are beyond those, you know, those written words. And, and that's been, that's been really good for me. And I'll, I'll probably end up using those recommendation reels, you know, as part of my fractional business too, you know, Hey, this is what it's like to work with me. And, and it'll go, it'll have legs. 
Wow. I'm stealing that idea. Um, thank you so much for sharing that with me and my audience. You are amazing. That is great. And especially as a speaker, like we both speak. So to have people talk about the impacts of any education or learning that they received from you, that's an amazing idea. And I'm going to do it. Just like when you, on your last episode, when you said get a link tree. I yeah, got a link tree. I have them on my link tree. <laughs> yes, that's a great. I mean, it could be used for so many things. And I don't think that I've ever thought of that and definitely will set you apart. Now, Sarah, back to you to talk a little bit about this contract to hire work, which Stephanie was calling temp to hire, but you quickly corrected me during our call. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it, it's different. I think it's the same thing. Basically, they want to. I, the last company I worked for, um, they called it like a probationary period. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, like a British term, but I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, we just want to try you out for a few months before we, um, before we, we know that it's the right fit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I'm interpreting it. So it's a little try before you buy. How long is the, yes? How long is the try? Um, for all of the, and this is this was with all the positions that I've seen or interviewed for. It was. It was advertised as six months, six months roughly before they hired you. Wow, that's a long time. Do you get the full benefits of being an employee during that six months, or is that's it? That's a great question. So I, I think it depends on the company that you work with, um, or the contracting agency. The one that I'm working with now, you there, there is not that option. But I have done this. I've been a contractor before, mm-hmm. and they offered it was it was just like being an employee. I, I had healthcare benefits, PTO, that sort of thing. I think it just, it's a matter of, um, the contracting company and their, their, their package that they're offering you. And your experience has the pay rate been the same while you're on that, um, probationary period, or does the per the pay rate increase once you are a full-on employee? Um, they usually, when you're doing the negotiations, they will confirm what you would be at if you were hired. Okay. And it's usually comparable. Sometimes your your hourly rate will be higher to kind of compensate for the lack of benefits. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. can I bring up? So basically, you're like a side check. I mean, you are. <laughs> you no, she's a girlfriend. They maybe have a wife, but she's no, okay. They're she's just not married yet. They're engaged. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> okay. All right. I just wanted to since we were putting it in those that frame yes. those frames earlier. Yes. So she's dating. You know, she's dating to be wed. <laughs> Me, and you are just perfect. out here moving right, around. Right. We moving and shaking, okay? <laughs> I, I don't think it's like, like if I would have to, to have come across this 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have liked it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great way to kind of, it's for both of you, right? It's for the company to see how you fit in their culture. But then you're also, you know, you're experiencing the company without having, you know, been an employee. So I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to kind of, because yeah. you don't you don't always know until you're really working somewhere, um, you know if if it's a great fit or if it's something you want to do or, you know. So I, I'm thinking it's kind of a smart way to go as as long as you're able to, um, you know, figure out the benefits and that sort of thing. But that's just my opinion, and 
at age 43. So. I mean, but what if like y'all date for six months and then they break up with you before y'all get engaged? So it's just like, oh man, then you have to start over with someone new. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that is just the land of contracting. You may work with the company for a certain amount of time, but the, the good thing is there's like a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow where it could be a full job offer and you could be with an organization that you've decided that you enjoy. So I do agree with you that it could be a great position for some people. I don't know that I've heard about that kind of in our industry. I know we have like staffing companies and multifamily and they do some temporary stuff, but I, I don't think I've heard of anything for six months. That's kind of like a preview. Um, So thank you for sharing that knowledge with my audience. Now let's talk a little bit more about IT. What skills are you highlighting when you are applying for jobs? Because Stephanie and I are not IT folks. Um, would like to hear about some of the way you're going about that and how you're making sure that your 16 years of experience is translating? That's a great question. So um, I put on my resume, you know, the different industries that I've worked in. Mm -hmm. I've also put, you know, the different types of technology for the projects that I've worked on. So for example, I've done infrastructure projects, software implementation. So I will kind of... um, provide those technologies um, that I'm familiar with, with that, with those technologies on my resume. Um, Because oftentimes like it's very helpful. Like if you've, if you're looking at, looking at jobs, if you've done a a job similar to that, or you have a little bit of knowledge about that specific technology, um, it just makes everything easier. It makes the interviewing easier. It makes ultimately what you do, like getting the job easier. Mm Um, yeah, so just, you know, kind of highlighting some of the different projects that I've worked on, uh, the different technologies I've worked with, um, and just, you you know, just that sort of thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that was your question. Sorry if I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes complete sense. Is all of the work that you are applying for remote? Um, no. Um, I, that's my preference. So that was kind of like the first round of everything that I, like, like I, I've done, but I think, um, you know, realistically, I think at least from a technology perspective, or at least, you know, through my friends or the people, the other companies around me, there's a, a want to have people come back to the office more. Yeah. I, I see a lot of, um, like hybrid, mm-hmm. um, descriptions on a lot of the jobs that I applied for. So it's usually like two days in the office or so so much amount of time in the office. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, People are trying to move away from that remote work style, unfortunately, but I'm remote all the way. I, I, it takes me way too long to get ready and to commute to any place. Like it takes me forever to get dressed to go to Walmart. So I'm like, (laughs) I cannot even prepare myself to have to leave my house every day. Like I yeah, I'm not ready for that. I can't. I can't do it. I've worked I know, for like four or five years, though. So I'm. It's up and it's stuck for me. I was. I was thinking about that. I think we talked about that a little bit when you first when we first met. And when I, my kids were very young, I used to go into the office every day, and I would wake up like six o'clock. A clockwork. I had my clothes dry cleaned. Yeah. I had this whole routine, and I don't know how I sustained it. But now, you're right. Now, if I had to do that again, I would be like, I can't. I can't do this. It's too much. You know, like I have 
when I work from home, I have like my work pajamas versus my, (laughs) like I have my nice pajamas on, but yeah, I don't know how I ever did it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm here for the sweatpants and the hoodies, um, which is why that was our first piece of swag that went out. Because if you're hilariously unemployed, you should be home bundled up in this hoodie while you get your job search on. Now throw on a little shirt if you get a video interview, but you don't have to put on pants. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Sarah, are you leveraging LinkedIn for your search? Does that work for IT people or are you using other avenues? I did. I, w- I would say the last three jobs that I've, I've gotten have been 100% from LinkedIn. Wow. Okay. 100% success rate. Mine is 0%, but I love that for you. Um, audience, those who are listening live, if you like to ask questions of myself, Stephanie or Sarah, now is your opportunity. You can raise your hand to be allowed on the stage. Stephanie, it's time to laugh. <laughs> you know it. So can I tell a funny story about how cool as a cucumber my cousin Sarah is Absolutely. while we're waiting on the audience to ask questions? Please do. Uh-oh. No, you you knew I, I think you knew I was going to tell this story. So I went to visit Sarah in Dallas. This was probably like 15 years ago or something crazy like that. And I, you know, booked my fly, whatever. And and I was flying out of Dallas, and Sarah was taking me to the airport. And so we're you know chit chatting. We're going to the airport. I'm going to go home. It's going to be great. And we pull up to the airport, and I'm like, wait, there's no Southwest at this terminal. <laughs> so I didn't know there were two airports in Dallas you guys so she Sarah though was like so calm and so collected she's like okay no problem and she just pulled right back out of the you know airport and we drove over to love and I just I remember thinking had that been reversed and <laughs> I was taking somebody to the airport, I don't know what this says about me, but I probably would have been like, what is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. like, stuff together. <laughs> and she, I mean, she was just so calm and it was, it was actually, it was very inspiring. So Sarah, I just want to tell you that I, I thought about that moment for a long time in the way that we react to things you know, you could have been ruffled and annoyed because it, it took another hour or whatever out of your day to drive me to the other one. And, but you were just, you were just so cool about it. And I love that about you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, Sarah, you are like stoic. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you are stoic. Stephanie, please read the details of your flight itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I've learned my lesson since then. Obviously, that probably taught you a very valuable lesson. Uh, it, it literally did. Like, I never have made that mistake again. And there, you know, there's airports in D.C. and other uh, places where, you know, you got to watch that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So how early or how late were you to your your destiny, your actual destination? Were they the airports or are they very far apart? You know, I don't know how far apart they are, but luckily I am not like my husband and I am the two hours before the flight time kind of person. Uh So I get there at least, if I'm checking a bag, I'm there at least an hour before boarding because that just makes me anxious. So the good news is we weren't, you know, doing the whole like last minute kind of thing. So it kept both of us, kept me calmer than I probably would have been. And Sarah was just calm. Like I said, she got the emotional intelligence genes in the family. Mm-hmm. I am the worst. That me. 
I am definitely, because I have TSA pre-check, I feel like it's a superpower. So I am definitely like, okay, 45 minutes before I'm going to roll up in here. So I definitely would have missed my flight. <laughs> you would have absolutely missed your flight because we were, it, I think it's probably a good 40 minutes away. I mean, I, wow. I don't know for sure, Sarah, how, how far away is love from, uh, it's about 40, 45 minutes. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, wildly inaccurate, Stephanie. Wow, I cannot believe you would have her drive to DFW and have because people already don't like taking people to the airport. I know, I know. This is the fa- that's the family tax. That was the family tax. Now, granted, we also had a ton of fun, so I think uh, you know it was worth it. It was worth it. It's worth it, worth it. Now, right, Sarah? Yes. Wow. Thank I always you. enjoy seeing you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Sarah, I'd like to toss it back to you in case anyone is listening who has opportunities, who is looking to hire someone with your level of expertise. If you could give us that little elevator pitch, let us know what you want your next role to look like and what they'd be receiving when they employ Sarah Bobs. That's a great question. Um, so I've been a project manager, program manager um, for about 15 years, I've worked on software implementation, software infrastructure. Um, I've worked with different SDLCs, which is basically like the the language or the the software implementation methodology. So I've done Agile, SDLC, um, Waterfall. Um, I've worked on small companies and medium-sized companies. Mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy working for... Um, small to medium-sized companies where I can work on implementations for clients. That's, that's literally what I love. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that so much. So y'all heard her. If you are looking for somebody that can do implementations, agile and all that other thing, all that other stuff that I used to call it for, um, Sarah is your girl. So if you have those opportunities and they're coming up, or if you know of somebody who is hiring and looking for somebody who is so well-versed in the it world, unlike myself, then Sarah is a great candidate and you should forward her profile over to them. I want to invite everyone in in the audience to go ahead and connect with myself, Sarah and Stephanie, and also connect with each other. You've joined the audience. So now by proxy, you are a Hilary and welcome to our Hilariously Unemployed family. Stephanie, I'd like to toss it back to you in case you have any other resources or anything that you'd like to leave our guests with before we sign off for the weekend, folks. You know, I gave you some of my best tidbits today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will I will leave with a new toast that I learned Ooh. that I thought was really apropos for mm-hmm. hilariously unemployed. So when, when you go to toast with your drink or your water or whatever your drink of choice is, mm-hmm. um, you say to seeking mm-hmm. and the others you're toasting with say to finding. Oh. So I'd like... So this is so perfect, right? So I would like everyone to lift up. I have a water and a coffee because I always have like eight drinks. So I'll lift up my water and coffee and I'll say to all of you, to seeking. Oh, to finding. Finding. Hey, that was fire, Stephanie. I don't really have too much more to say. Y'all heard it here first. The hilariously unemployed toast. I'm going to go get the wine that goes with that when I sign off of here because it's still a holiday weekend, y'all. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us here live. And for those who will hear it on podcast platforms tomorrow, if you know somebody that can benefit from the show, if they're hilariously unemployed or just need a laugh, some inspiration, some resources, please be sure to share it with them when it comes out on podcast platforms 
platforms tomorrow. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Amazon, anywhere you get your pod on, you can find the Hilariously Unemployed. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, and give us five stars because that is how we keep this thing going. All right, y'all. I hope you have an amazing rest of your holiday weekend. This has been episode 16. See you next week. Bye.